Today's episode of Necronomapod is brought to you by Beardology. There are a lot of imitators out there, but there's only one place I buy my beard oil. Beardology beard oil nourishes your skin and won't leave you with that greasy feel. With over 17 cents available in their extensive product line, I trust my beard to Beardology. You can find Beardology at beardology.co. Use code NECRO15 to receive 15% off your purchase. Beardology, discover the best way to avoid the shave. Abusive mom, tough childhood, loner. Stop me if you've heard this one before. Like every other serial killer we've discussed, Jerry Brudos had a rough childhood that led to a criminal way of life. At a young age, Jerry became fascinated with women's shoes, which led to him stealing high heels and then underwear at any opportunity he had. Jerry was also into cross-dressing. He was also into killing. Throughout the late 1960s, Jerry would go on one of the most bizarre killing sprees we've yet to cover. His fascination wasn't so much in killing itself, it was in having a human sex doll to use at his disposal. Once he would have a victim, he would dress their corpse up in his stolen shoes and underwear. He would take pictures, and then he would dispose of their bodies. It wasn't until his arrogant attitude towards these crimes got the better of him did police find their killer. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you think it takes a madman to chop off a woman's foot and store it in the freezer, stick around. As they say, if the shoe fits. This is Necronomapod. And it's a precipitating stress for an event. And I've been into the penitentiaries throughout the United States and, and abroad. And, and it's always a mother thing with them. It's, it's always more so than the father. It's, it's a mother thing where they may love the, uh, their mother, but they hate her at the same time. And that is, that is something that, they, that, that will trigger that event. Or, some, or it could be something coupled with that. They lose a job. Uh, there's other conflict, personal conflicts in, in their life. So then they decide, aha, I'm going out. But it always begins with fueled by fantasy. Uh, fantasy starts at the fantasy through pornography, through their own drawings. It may not satisfy them. So they, they have to finally go out and do, do their thing and see if that will appease them, satisfy the, uh, their urges. So I think you uh, pretty much covered it in the intro there. You <laughs> gave us a whole summary of this story. The 3XL opening uh, monologue. I got winded there reading that thing. I was like, Jesus Christ, I should have pro- proofread this before we got started here today. So that's the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, Jerry Brudos. Yeah. We're on Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, YouTube. Do any shout outs? Um, no, no, I'm not going to worry about shout Yeah, so sorry about that, Ian. I upstaged you a little bit there with that long ass intro. That's all right. I always think I teased people a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Give them blue balls, and now we're going to make them finish. <laughs> what was that last week? The demon of blue balls that Michael Taylor got? Oh, he for sure had blue balls. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Marie? She was an attractive girl. We posted that picture she of her. She's cute. Yeah, finish him, Marie. Like he wouldn't have ate his wife or <laughs> ripped his wife's face off. He just finished him. Well, a she would have, but she couldn't tell if he was 31 or 89. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't quite sure. <laughs> A lot of good humor last week. That was a fun episode. Made me hungry. Uh, we might for not some have Arby's any... when I listened to it back. <laughs> we might not have any listeners right now after last week's show derailed. I think everybody enjoyed it. I think they loved it. I hope they came back. One Our... of my favorites. So fresh new topic. This one maybe not quite as fun. Yeah, yeah but a little well, bit. Yeah, this guy uh, Jerry Brutus is interesting. He's like. Um, like a case study on on escalation 
we'll see how from an early age that he just slowly progresses to eventually eventually killing someone and then too the term serial killer wasn't even around when when he was caught yeah. this was all new pre serial killer age yeah and people when, have requested that, this too right so people know who this guy is i believe someone did we yeah, have a lot this. We have quite a few of listeners in like the Pacific Northwest and quite a few of them have hit us up and requested some of their serial killers. They want their own hometown heroes edition. So <laughs> right. Why are the, there so many up there? <laughs> for those of you up there in the Washington, Oregon, Northern California, even Vancouver area, this is your hometown hero episode. Here you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so when, when did the serial killer term, when did that come to be? Like early 70s, mid 70s. Yeah, I mean, if you watch the Mindhunter show, of which Jerry Brudos is is, is interviewed as part of that that show, um, that's the original FBI profilers who kind of coined that term and and did the uh, the background work on trying to to profile, come up with a profile for serial killers. Interesting. Yeah, and he got um, he's lesser known because Charles Manson got all the media attention around this time yeah he kind of didn't wasn't someone else just upstaged by charles manson uh no uh robert Brundell was upstaged by jeffrey dahmer by dahmer not yeah. bundy and so in charles manson the manson family kind of took all the well they did take all the media i mean that was a huge so we're doing Burdella and brudos giving, giving you like the uh the deep tracks here yeah. of serial killers <laughs> yeah and then we'll hit you with the greatest hits later on yep all right. So let's uh let's jump into it. Jerome Henry Brutus was born January 31st, 1939 to parents Henry and Eileen Brutus. Uh, his father Henry had a bad temper and had trouble holding down a job. And because of having trouble holding down a steady job, the family moved around a lot to different homes and they mainly lived on farms until they finally settled in Salem, Oregon. Even though his father had a uh, had a really bad temper, he was no match for his wife Eileen. He was absolutely terrified of her, kind of like uh, Kemper. Oh with yeah, the brutal same, mom. Same deal. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of these serial killers have these wicked moms. Yeah, it's definitely part of the soup. Oh, one hundred percent. Throw a extremely abusive mom into that situation. Guys go off the rails, and then it leads to like a sexual. Uh, infatuation with their victims as well, like with Kemper and yeah. what we're going to talk about here. And a hatred of women. Yeah. They already had a boy named Larry, and Jerry was an accident and was hoped to be a girl. But when he was born a boy, he started out life as a complete disappointment to his mother. Well, that's a good start, then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fuck him. How dare he? Jerry, you should have been a Sherry. <laughs> it's an ego booster from day one. Right. So his mom, Eileen, was a stay-at-home mom and would give Larry special uh, special attention in every aspect of life. And Eileen made it, made it completely open and known that she basically hated Jerry from a very young age. Like, he was probably, I mean, basically the whole time since, like, he could talk three, four, she made it completely open that she hated him. Completely despised. Him. Fine woman. Serial killer blueprint alert. I mean, it's all right here. Yeah. And it was just because he wasn't a girl. He did nothing wrong. It was just born the wrong gender. How do you cope with that? You know? Yeah. 
and his father, like we said, he was terrified of her and didn't do anything to stop it. So Jerry was just stuck to a life of just constant belittlement and physical abuse from his mom. When Jerry was five years old, he was playing in a local junkyard and he found a pair of high heels. And from what I was reading about these high heels, they had... um, they weren't just any old high heels. They had rhinestones on them. Like, oh, yeah. fancy. Yeah. It was the 60s, almost the 70s, man. Yeah, this they're... was different times. So Jerry took... I think it was like 1944. Oh, yeah, it was. Oh, that's true. Because <laughs> <Yeah. happened. laughs> he was just a young he was five. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so Jerry took him home, and he put him on in front of his mom, in front of his mother, just trying to be funny. You know, just being a silly kid, you know, nothing. Yeah, like a five-year-old. Right. Yeah. His mom was, was not amused and berated him for it, beat his ass, and told him to take it back, promised to take him back to the junkyard. Five-year-old kid. Yeah. That's, nice. that's nice. what he deserves. Nice yeah. So, obviously, Jerry did not take them back, and he hit him. And when she found him wearing them again, she took him outside, beat his ass again, and then burned the shoes in front of him telling him how disgusting he was for wearing <laughs> women's stuff. You're a disgusting little boy. <laughs> what do you think his mom sounded like? Probably just like yeah. that. Okay. Something similar to that. Maybe a little more annoying though, but <laughs> yeah. But the the profile the FBI profilers theorized that when his even though he didn't have sexual didn't know what sex was at this time, he was attracted to the shoes. And that, and what they theorize is that when his mother burned the shoes in front of him, mixed with her open hatred of him, it infused sexual feelings and hatred that would eventually result in serial murder. All the way back at five years old. The mind is a complicated thing. Yep. Hmm. After this incident, Jerry found that his first grade teacher kept a pair of high heels in her desk in case she had somewhere to go after school, like a date or something. Jerry took the shoes and hid them under a pile of blocks so he could take them home later. But he was seen by another student who told on him. And the teacher wasn't mad at him. She was just told him it was wrong to take things. And she was, from her account, was just confused as to why a little boy would want her heels. But yeah. whatever. She wasn't that mad about sense. it. Yeah, you wouldn't expect anything yeah. vulgar or crazy with that. But Jerry recalls this as being extremely embarrassing to be caught like this. Because and to him, it was like a sexual thing, or or he didn't understand I guess he didn't it was understand sexual the sexuality of it, but he understood what those shoes meant and felt to him. Right. Yeah. Um. So he said it. It was very embarrassing. So now he has two extremely uh, negative experiences tied to this fetish of shoes that he doesn't understand as a fetish. Yeah. And being called out by older women right. in his life, authoritative women. Yeah. Do we have all this information due to the FBI interviews later? Is that how we know all this background information? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because he likes to talk, right? Like he once once he was in captivity, like he was very open, like yeah. Ed Kemper. Maybe he wasn't the showman of Kemper, but no one could be Bumblebutt. Yeah. No, he was. Yeah, he was uh, very arrogant. Kemper wasn't really arrogant. He wanted to be everybody's friend, and, and he just talk. wanted to get to the punchline. Don't ruin his punchline. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wait, you tell that ruin guy Jim don't Jones ruin punchline. <laughs> <laughs> you guys laughed at that way more than I expected. <laughs> what do you tell the guy in the interview when he was rushing? He was like, "Don't either, boy, don't don't interrupt me. You're going to ruin the punchline, or you're, you're going to ruin the bit. You're going to ruin. That's what it was. The bit. <laughs> he's freaking locked up in jail talking to the FBI, and he's trying to do a routine. Yeah. So at this time, too, we're and we're still in like the five to six year old years old range. 
Jerry became friends with an older woman who lived nearby, and he spent a lot of time with her, and she didn't treat him like shit. So wait, what five or six-year-old has is friends with an older lady? What's the logistics around this setup? Maybe she just felt bad for him. and his mom was a piece of shit, yeah. so she'd let him come in and hang out with him? Maybe like um, that Myrtle... I can't remember her last name. The murder lady that took in Jim Jones during the day when mm. he was just wandering around, locked out of his house at four, five years old. I, I mean, babe, I'm thinking it's okay. just a, like a lonely elderly lady, and she sees this kid walking by, and he's talking yeah. to her. They just they just chatted up. Okay, I can't remember what age I was. Ten. There was an old lady that lived on down the street from me, and I would go over to her house and hang out. Mm. She'd give me unfiltered cigarettes. <laughs> Hell yeah, nice. She was old as fuck, but I would just hang out there and smoke cigarettes with her. I was going to have a similar story, and then you got all evil on me there with the <laughs> cigarette one. We had an elderly lady that lived next to us when I was a little kid, five or six, and she lived like in the upstairs of like a duplex. And I remember I used to go up there and hang out with her and talk to her. Hmm. My mom would be like outside, like knew where yeah. I was, but yeah, I think she just liked the company and I was just a little kid talking like... Talk to whoever listens. Was there any fellatio involved in either of you two stories? Probably or? his for the cigarettes. No. <laughs> no. I mean, no, I think she just wanted someone to smoke cigarettes <laughs> with her. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I might have been younger than that. It was like four. It was like fourth grade. I don't know how old I would be in fourth grade. Now Dave asked me about my Catholic upbringing. <laughs> <laughs> I had the same uh, Catholic upbringing as you, buddy. <laughs> The priests were looking for something to smoke with me, but it wasn't cigarettes. Dang. <laughs> it was crack. It was crack cocaine. <laughs> and dick. <laughs> oh. Get us back on track, please. So this this older woman, she eventually, um, she had diabetes and didn't take care of it. And she got really sick and it got to the point where she couldn't or where Jerry couldn't go to her house anymore. And then she eventually died. Aww. And then Jerry, at this time, he also had... His only other friend was a little girl in school who died that same year from tuberculosis. This guy can't catch a fucking yeah. break. Mm. That's all these serial killer stories. It always starts out. Another. Yeah. So, But instead of being sad about it, Jerry reacted. He was really angry about it, like... The, like mad at the universe for taking his only two friends from him. I would be too. Yeah. Sucks. It, but what's weird is that he took this this anger with him through the rest of his life. And when he talked to the FBI profilers, it was like these two, these incidents were all intertwined. Like if they asked him about the burning of the shoes, he had to talk about the little girl and the older woman. Or if they were talking about the little woman or the little girl and the older woman, he always brought up the burning of the shoes. Like all three of those things were like intertwined, even up until he was an adult and was caught. So it was all one big pile of shit to him, I guess. Yeah. He couldn't separate one from the other. It was all, yeah. I mean, and you, I guess at five or six, those are pretty formative, uh, formative years. So, yeah. You know, being shamed for something that you don't understand and then having these people die, I guess. They all affected him the same way, right? at least to him. This is interesting. Like I said before, he's like a case study in escalation. And still at this early age, like five or six, he he escalates to actually interacting with another human regarding this, this fetish that he doesn't know is sexual yet. Jerry's parents had over a family friend who had a teenage daughter... And the girl wasn't feeling well, so she went upstairs to take a nap. 
and Jerry snuck into the room and saw that she was sleeping with high heels on. So he snuck up and tried to take them off of her, but but she woke up and like freaked out, flipped out on him, and said, "Like get the fuck out of here!" You know, this kid's got balls, man. Yeah, I'll give him that. But it's interesting that that but age he, to ask actually escalate it to the yeah. point of Did, trying to take them. But does he even know he's doing anything wrong? I don't no. think he is at that age. He doesn't understand. Yeah, but it like I said, it's just this. It's his I mean, story's get, so weird. I with get the, it. Yeah. The escalation. I'm just in his mind. He might just think he's being innocent and just likes her shoes. So maybe he's gonna go try to take them off and 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 look I, at him. Well, like, I guess when you're six, do you know you can't steal your teacher's shoes? But I was know. I don't know if you. I guess so. I just don't know. Was he even stealing them? Did you just? I mean, you know, stealing's wrong at the age of six. But I. I mean, I don't know. There, I wasn't. I think it's might. I mean, I would think is it strange to be that young and be that obsessed with one thing at that early uh, of an at age? this age? I was so obsessed with pro wrestling; it was well, not yeah, healthy. Yeah, but I mean, like, <laughs> it was not healthy. <laughs> like, a, like shoes or just like one object to be so obsessed with it. I mean, I don't know. He likes what he likes. I guess it's just it's pretty bold to go in there and pull him off a sleeping lady. Yeah, kudos. I mean, I mean, a Brudos. five or six year old being that into high. <laughs> Being that into high heels is odd. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. No, no. I mean, just relatively speaking. Right. In this case, there absolutely is. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, so this teenage girl, obviously, she flipped out. Like I said, told him to get the fuck out of there. After this incident, um, the family, they they bounced around, like we said, that they moved around a lot. And they eventually they moved in next door to a family that had two teenage daughters and a little boy that was Jerry's age. Jerry and this boy would sneak into the girls' rooms and go through their stuff, trying on their clothes and, and whatever. And this was Jerry's first experience with cross-dressing, which would become a lifelong obsession, just like the high heels. There wasn't anything. I mean, it, maybe at the time he thought it was like cute and funny or something, but right. he had just as much of an obsession with women's clothing as he did with the heels at a very young age. Well, so did this other kid, apparently. Well, yeah, and this this other kid, I probably is more of the innocent one, like just thinking it's funny or right. goofy. Let's wear wear their clothes, but for him, it was obviously much deeper. And little boys are strange sometimes. Yeah. I don't disagree. <laughs> well, I he, don't think I've ever cross-dressed, though. I don't think I was that, that was ever anything. Like, I don't think I, I don't remember ever being into putting on heels or anything no, like that. I don't no. think so. No, not that I can remember. I remember no. hanging out with a kid when I was around that age. I don't know, probably 8, 9, 10. I remember him letting his dog lick his cock. That was a little <laughs> strange. That was traumatic. Damn. That That's like, like straight out of Bukowski. Like, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> that is, that's very strange. Yeah, it's a little strange. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna head home now. I think. <laughs> yeah, and lose my phone number, <laughs> my home phone, motherfucker. <laughs> well, when Jerry was talking about this stuff later on after he got caught, he said he didn't at this age, like, like we were said a couple times he didn't have sexual feelings he just said this time all he knew is it just made him feel really good yeah he doesn't know better yeah like he said like rubbing the clothing together like the fabric rubbing together just made him feel really good wow it's wild yeah the things you form in your mind at that age yeah yeah um and then when he was talking back on the stuff jerry said that he never masturbated as a child but instead had constant wet dreams 
And when his mother found the stains on the sheets, she would force Jerry to wash them by hand while berating him the whole time, fueling this even more this idea of shame and, and hatred of women. And this caused Jerry to start fantasize about killing his mother. I like, bet, yeah. Just like Ed Kemper <laughs> used to fantasize about that from a early. I think Kemper mm-hmm. was like, what? Anybody nine? would be in that same mindset if you're being humiliated and berated that badly. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think Kemper was like eight or nine when he was sitting down in the basement being locked down there mm-hmm. thinking about killing mm-hmm. his mom. So in this, yeah, and I mean, he's continues to take this this turn still at a really young age, probably we're probably still like in the eight, nine, ten range. Jerry dug a tunnel near his house and started to fantasize about keeping women in there. Once he actually got a woman into this tunnel, all he fantasized about was hearing them scream to get out. This time, too, he also started to break into homes and steal women's shoes and underwear. <laughs> so he's... He's escalating, man. Yeah. He's escalating. Still young. I mean... Yeah. I mean he's still, yeah. like, in his, like, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. at this point. Yeah. Wow. Breaking into houses? Hmm. Well, and that's the thing, too, is, like, he... Still doesn't really have a con- doesn't have a concept of sex. So when he gets a woman into this tunnel, he's not thinking, "Well, I just want to," you know. I'm, he doesn't know what to do with them other than he just wants to hear him scream, which is fucking crazy. Oh boy! So no, no surprise. As Jerry got into his teen years, he was very socially awkward, and he was not the most attractive kid in the world. He had a lot of acne and was kind of overweight. Whatever, you know, just. Wasn't the most great looking dude in the world. Like every other teenage boy, he wanted to get physical with a girl or at least see a girl naked. So Jerry had his first escalation into a crime involving another person. <laughs> this may be the one of the greatest stories I've ever heard. <laughs> this is a, this is something this, else. Well, here. it's not as good as when his wife calls him fat, but we'll get to that <laughs> because that's my favorite part of this story. <laughs> So Jerry snuck into the house of a teenage girl and stole her underwear. Was it a thong? Nope. Dave, it's the 40s. It was oh, a thong sorry, back sorry then. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> the next day he went to her house and told her that he was an undercover police officer <laughs> and had been put in charge of finding a local thief who was stealing women's underwear. <laughs> Look here, see? I'm looking for the, ban- <laughs> the, the penny bandit, see? <laughs> Jerry told her to come to his house to discuss the matter and that uh and Jerry made sure that when he did this that no one would be home at his house. When this girl knocked on the door, Jerry called her upstairs. <laughs> and when she got into the room, Jerry jumped out of the closet with a mask on, it, holding a knife at her and ordered her to take off all of her clothes. What kind of mask? I don't I like would an Ed Gein skin mask. <laughs> I imagine just like pantyhose or something, you know. Uh, he then took a bunch of pictures of her and ran out of the room. And then as the girl was going downstairs to leave, Jerry comes running back in the front door without the mask on and faking this whole heavy breathing thing and told the girl that someone with a mask on had locked him in the back barn <laughs> and must have been the one to assault her. But think about how fucking scary that is. And you know that that's the same person. You know what I mean? Like, yes. she knows damn well that that's the same I'm guy. I'm sure doing he didn't even bother this. to change his clothes. No. Like, still out on like a red right. flannel shirt and jeans, but just I mean, no mask. I would say yeah. it's ridiculous, but it worked, though. It's kind of. <laughs> don't say genius. <laughs> don't say genius. I don't know what to say about this. 
the girl never reported the incident, and she was scared that Jerry would take it a step further and Can actually you imagine hurt her. doing that. No. Oh, this guy locked me in the barn. Guy with a mask on. Locked me in the barn. He's huffing and puffing because he had to run out there. Wardrobe change. That's run so back in. Stupid. <laughs> I imagine him like running to, out to the barn. He trips. He's got to get back up. He's trying to grab all of his stuff. It's just the the it's really stupid and really uh, like really evil at the same time. Yes, and know? very bold. Yeah. Yeah, as a teenager, like 13, right. 14, doing something like that. How old was he? 14 years old? Somewhere in that, that <laughs> age like the, the, A man the cops told me I have to investigate the panty bandit in the neighborhood, so please come to my house. <laughs> I don't think this were his words, but the panty bandit. <laughs> That's an awesome term. Like, I wonder if the girl was just like, oh, fuck it, I'll just go along with this guy and see. Like, She probably yeah. didn't think like this kid was going to hold her at knife point, you know, and like do all this, but... <laughs> So, because Jerry thought he fully got away with this, he ramped up his next crime. At the age of 17, Jerry convinced a girl from school, let him give her a ride home. Instead of taking her home, Jerry drove her out into the middle of nowhere. He forced her to get out of the car and ordered her to take her clothes off like the other girl. But when she said no, Jerry got pissed and started punching her in the face and broke her nose. Thankfully, a um, a couple happened to be driving past and pulled over. Jerry tried saying that the girl fell out of the car and Jerry was just trying to help her. And the people are obviously like, that's not fucking yeah, no, real. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that happened. And then he changed the story and said that when he um, saw someone attacking her and he stopped to try and uh, to stop the person. Oh, you don't believe that? Well, because what really happened was that I was just driving by and someone was attacking her. The girl's like, this motherfucker just punched me in the nose. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, no one was buying this shit. So they he was dr- he was uh, driven back to his house and the police were called and, and he was arrested. When the police searched Jerry's room, they found the pictures of the girl that he had committed the first assault on and all the women's shoes and underwear that he had been stealing. This is weird that because there's evidence that Jerry had kept underwear and shoes that he had stolen as a teenager all the way up until the day that he died. Or, sorry, the day that he got caught. So it seems like the police just kind of had this boys will be boys attitude and let him keep all these underwear and Mm. shit. But at the same, like, at the same time, how are you going to prove or know those are stolen? Like, you're just going to see piles of underwear. Like, you might think it's weird, but what are you going to do? Open up a crime and find out, like, the, the case of the missing panties? Like, who do these belong to? Well, I would assume that people were noticing that in their local neighborhood that someone was stealing underwear. Because he I mean, would pull guess... it off clotheslines, too. He wasn't just breaking in houses. Okay. Like, yeah. if people were hanging them on the clotheslines, he'd go and, and grab them. Okay. It's just lazy. I'm just cops, wondering, like, probably. would people even know if one pair of underwear was missing? Like, if someone broke mm. into my house and stole a pair of my boxers, I don't think I would ever even notice. No, but I think a woman probably would. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know. But there's like movies from around this era with like college dudes doing like panty raids and it's shit. It's just a different time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's I, I, fully. A, all I just mean, like, yeah. I don't think the cops would have even given really much thought to right. it. Right. Like, they're more focused on the actual crime. Not worrying about panties and heels, yeah. which could be his mom's. But like the whole panty raid idea, that mm-hmm. would—that's one hundred percent a crime. Like <laughs> that's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. You can't do right. that. 
Well, I'm not sure what a panty rate, I guess. Like, is what then. would be a movie that would have an example of that or something? You know, like college dorm shit and breaking into the girl's dorm and stealing underwear and stuff. Well, I'm not saying that that wouldn't be. But when you have uh, someone saying that they were physically assaulted by a guy, yeah. I feel like that's going to take precedent over them worrying about a pile of clothes in the corner. I think back then the police were probably dismissive of women and their complaints and things like that. And I, I could see this happening. Yeah. I don't know. Either way, they didn't time. pay attention to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they obviously, it did seem like they just said, ah, fuck it. Let him keep them. I still want to know from the listeners out there, if someone broke into your house or snuck into your house and stole one pair of your underwear, would you notice? I'm willing to bet most people wouldn't. I think women no. would. Really? I think so. If you stole like my favorite Chase Elliott boxers, then maybe <laughs> so. But don't touch a man's Chase Elliott boxers. Yeah, I, I mean, I one hundred percent would not know. Yeah, no, I don't know. I maybe girls would. I, I, I don't know. But I just, I, I feel like if he was just doing that to one, I mean, and he probably wasn't being very selective with it. He probably was just taking as much as he yeah. could. But I, I don't know. Do it you sounded- think he liked like stained granny panties too, and he would take those home and. <laughs> Well, it's probably there's probably all there was back then. It was the forties, <laughs> right? It sounded like he was just grabbing. Well, I, as far as the shoes, like a grab and go type situation for the underwear, but the shoes he was real picky about. He wanted like the if heels. he saw a shoe that he liked, he had to have it, hmm. kind of thing. But wow. the underwear just sounded like he was grabbing them. But that wasn't his favorite. He liked. He was yeah. there for the, the shoes, right? All right. But you can literally see the progression playing out here. Yeah, one I mean, step at a time. It's going from the being very interested in these things oh, to yeah. breaking and entering and stealing to now physically assaulting someone. Yes. What's going to come next, Ian? <laughs> Jer- well, I've already told you in the summary. So <laughs> Yeah, we already cleared it all up. <laughs> so Jerry was charged with um, the first assault on the girl where he tried to do that whole fake out thing as the, the fake uh, undercover cop. <laughs> And he was sent to the Oregon State Hospital for a psychiatric evaluation. They determined that he was just suffering from depression along with, quote, questionable judgment. Oh, did they need a Ph.D. to make that assessment? (laughs) Questionable judgment? (laughs) And even though Jerry had abducted and assaulted two two teenage girls at this point, he was only required to stay in the mental hospital for eight months. And they even let him go to his normal high school during the day and just spend nights at the hospital. Which might actually be a worse punishment. Can you imagine going to high school and everyone knows that when you leave, you're going to a mental hospital? Well, no one even like knew he existed. Like this whole thing mm. was just completely forgotten. Like he was an absolute like non-entity in high school. When he got caught, his public defender was someone that sat right next to him in homeroom and didn't even fucking know who he was or remember who he was at all. So, I mean, he well, that's was interesting. He yeah, was like a, nice just a non person. Hmm. So, you know, well, spoiler alert, he gets caught. Well, Jeez. <laughs> I already gave that away at yeah. the intro. So remember it was his arrogant attitude. Yeah. So after high school, Jerry tried to attend college because um, he was really good with electronics, but he was just lazy and failed out. And at 20, he joined the army. And once he was in the army, he started to claim that a Korean woman was breaking into his sleeping area every night trying to seduce him. Sounds like a Korean horror film. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he would try and fight her off, but she wouldn't stop. She would just come, keep coming back. 
and Jerry was confused why none of his other uh, bunk mates weren't weren't seeing this woman. What the fuck is this about? <laughs> I don't know. Why was he fighting her off? <laughs> Guy couldn't get laid to save his life. Now he's fighting off <laughs> Korean women. I don't know if he's having like really weird dreams mm. or like what the hell's happening here. But Jerry went to the higher ups and and told them what was going on. And after seven months, he was discharged from the army for quote bizarre obsessions. <laughs> But this is like getting right around the time of uh, where we're get, ramping up Vietnam, right? Well, somewhere in there. Well, like 20? No. 59? Well, how old is he here? A little early for Vietnam. He was only 20. Well, Korea War, though. The Korean War. Well, that was 50, 50 to 52. Yeah. Isn't that not when we're at? Where are we at here? He's, this is probably 59. He was born uh, in 39. He's 20. Oh, yeah. So I think so we're, we're past, past that. that. Okay. Because I was going to say, I mean, it seemed like at this time around the way it would be later that the army wanted whoever they could get. And then they just yeah. kicked, kicked this ass. I mean, was he stationed got... in Korea? Mm. I mean, he very likely could have been. Yeah. But yeah, so he was only in for seven months and they kicked his ass out. Hmm. That's a weird, that's a weird, very strange story. Though. Yeah. And I don't know what it's all about. If it's like this dream yeah. thing he was having. Or was or... it the barracks cleaning woman or something? Or if he was just making it up to oh, get out of the army. Out of that. Yeah, that's what my first thought was. He just wanted yeah. out. Jerry moved back into his parents' home, and he stayed in his brother Larry's home or his brother Larry's room while he was at college. But when Larry came back to live with the parents for a while, Jerry was forced to go live in a shed in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jerry. Larry's back. <laughs> Jerry covered up all the windows in the shed and started to build like this weird underwear shoe shrine <laughs> thing where he would Little like, do they know that shed with the best was the best thing that ever happened to him. Cause now he had his own little personal yeah. space. Yeah. And no one went back there. No one gave a fuck about him. Yeah. So. They don't care. So he's just back there in a completely dark shed with all these underwear and <laughs> shoes like nailed up on the wall. This guy's ego is just like a punching bag. Yeah. Oh, the, the son we did want's home. So you're going to be staying in the backyard. Son we didn't want. <laughs> a lot of these guys are, like, a lot of these guys are forced into uh, really humiliating situations, you know? Yeah. A lot of them. Like, Charles Manson, is is it his uncle that he had to go live with for a while, I think? Or no, maybe. I don't know. But he was forced to wear, because he was acting up, he was forced to wear a dress and do his hair like a girl and go to school. Way back, and you know he got fucked with. No shit. Yeah, and I'm Henry Lee Lucas was forced to go to school mm. dressed like a girl. Like all these guys have really demeaning, uh, humiliating yeah. things happen. Those are trigger points, but that shit yeah. fucks you up. So while Jerry's out there living in the shed, he he continued to escalate his behavior. He would start stalking women who were wearing shoes that turned him on, and when the coast was clear, he would go up behind them and just choke them out and steal their shoes. And then once he got back to his shed, he would just, like, cuddle up in bed with them and sleep with them. <laughs> this is a bold <laughs> oh motherfucker, gosh. man. Broad daylight. Jeez. He should have been a wrestler. It was a good wrestling gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's great. He's be a luchador with the mask on. Yeah. He could have, like, a dual identity thing going on. <laughs> All kinds of possibilities. So while Jerry was doing all, most of this, this whole shoe shit and the the underwear shrine thing in the shed during at night during the day he got a job as an engineer at a local radio station 
Jerry still couldn't bring himself to actually be able to to speak to a woman until one of his friends at the radio station introduced him to a 17-year-old named Darcy Meltzer. So was he on the air, the radio station? No, he was just like an engineer doing like the uh, electronics. stuff. I thought stuff. maybe he had his own show. No. He's like Stiletto Jerry. <laughs> Stiletto Jerry coming at you with some Rolling Stones in the morning. Can't always get what you want. <laughs> And I want to fuck dead girls, <laughs> baby. How many times do you think he played these boots were made for walking? <laughs> over and over and over. For whatever reason, Jerry was able to talk to, to Darcy. And she was real into him. And just after six weeks, she ended up pregnant and they got married. Nice score, Things Jerry. turned around for this guy real quick. <laughs> yeah. Real quick. He's a baller at the radio station. He's yeah. got a wife. Well, I feel, I feel like too. Like Darcy probably didn't know any better. She was only seventeen, and he's in hmm. his twenties. So, so I've got a, a job. She's like, oh, he's successful. She doesn't know how much of a fucking yeah. weirdo right? he is. So a lot of the, I watched a couple documentaries on Jerry this week, and some of them name his wife as her name being Ralphine. Have you seen this? No. And I'm wondering if it's because she ultimately changed her name later. Maybe. Yeah. Several sources mm. have her named Ralph. It's a very strange name. Yeah, Ralph. Ralphine. I couldn't. Yeah, I weird. couldn't figure out any reasoning behind it. I would assume she probably changed her name. Yeah, most people do. Or yeah. he didn't, get, he didn't get remarried, did he? No. No. Richard Ramirez's wife wasn't around yet to <laughs> come to prison to marry. Yeah, right. Him. But yeah, it, it, it didn't mention anything. It just the whole story named her as Ralphine. Ralphine. Very strange. Hmm. Nothing comes up. Searching it. Hmm. That was a very quick Google search, but still. Yeah, she probably changed her name, just like uh, BTK's whole family changed yeah. their names and that must shit. Be it. Yeah. At first, things were all all right. They were, you know, it was kind of a they were happy with each other. But Jerry required that they were both to be always naked in the house, which Darcy seemed to go along with and be, awesome be cool with. Awesome rule. <laughs> I'm okay with that. But so Jerry started to take it take it a little further and wanted to take pictures of Darcy, which she was fine with. It was just her posing with uh, naked while she's wearing high heels, stuff like that. But then Jerry started to ask her to pose naked while she's riding their daughter's tricycle. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then he takes he takes it to a real creepy level with having her wear pantyhose on her head so her face would be all distorted. Ooh, that's, that's different. <laughs> so he thought his wife was a butterface. <laughs> I, I think it's. He's like, <laughs> I really just want to see your feet and the heels. Yeah, yeah, and you could just go ahead and cover up that face. The tricycle also sit thing. on our daughter's tricycle. Yeah, that's that's strange. That's I, really weird because he didn't show like tendencies towards children did he no that's just odd i don't know what the tricycle thing's all about hmm. yeah but yeah. i mean how are you gonna have your kid ride that tricycle after yeah <laughs> it's kind of weird your wife shit stains on it after riding it you naked <laughs> clorox bleach he's not cleaning up that much. <laughs> i don't think so i don't think so he's too busy developing the photos in the shed <laughs> <laughs> so once their daughter megan reached toddler age uh, Darcy put her foot down in this whole constantly being naked in the house thing because I mean that's super fucking weird at that point mm-hmm. when a kid can remember <laughs> things. You think? <laughs> Jerry completely ignored his daughter because she was a girl, 
And then later on when they had their son Jason, he gave him all the attention, essentially just completely repeating what his mother had done to him his whole life. So, Dave, go ahead and make your Jason joke or whatever from the movie. No, nothing. <laughs> Jason Voorhees? Yeah, I'm sure you had a, a Jason Voorhees joke I, in there. No? Okay. I, I was just giving you the opportunity to make the joke. I would have liked I'm the sorry. Jason Voorhees joke. <laughs> wow, well, we were all... Now he let everybody down. We were all expecting it when we read that part. That's one of my favorite jokes so far <laughs> on this podcast. What was that? When you oh, were the, telling us the, the plot movie, of the movie. The movie yeah. plot? The Russian Jason Voorhees. <laughs> Ivan. His name was Ivan. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Because they had the camp up there on the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> we, what, was that the uh, Dyatlov Pass episode? Yes. That's that still one of my favorite episode. episodes. That one and uh, the Annalise uh, Michael exorcism one. Are yeah. Two of my faves. Annalise was here last week. Mm-hmm. She stops in from time to time. Yeah, you know. She wanted to talk to Country Mike. M- Country Mike does not like us actually much. I had a conversation with him the other day. We were texting, but he has a flip phone, so it takes him a while to respond. <laughs> he does not like us, though. So I don't know. By the time their son Jason was born, Darcy had become just disgusted with the thought of having sex with Jerry. And she spent most of her time out with her friends. And then Jerry spent most of the time in, in the garage working on various projects because he was into all the electronic stuff. And... While his mother, who he still, he openly hated at this point, you know, just how she would say it to him. He just would let her know at every turn that he hated her. She would be inside taking care of the kids. (laughs) So you foist your awful mom on your own kids now? Thanks. Jerry was out. At this time, Jerry was out um, at a local store and saw a woman walking by with uh, high heels on that he liked. And this time, instead of attacking her out in the world like he would, just waiting for the coast to be clear, Jerry followed her home. When And he just kind of stayed outside and and watched. And when he could tell that she had gone to sleep, Jerry broke into her house, um, choked her unconscious, and then raped her. And doing this, Jerry found out by accident that it wasn't just the choking of the women that really got him off. It was the lifeless woman's body. This was kind of a happy accident for him. Like, mm. uh, oh, shit, this is what I've been looking for the whole time. Yeah. You know, a dead did, body. Did he kill this woman? He did not he just kill choked her. choked her out. She was unconscious, and then he raped her. Did he just, like, pace in front of her house or, like, hide in the bushes? Yeah, probably just hid out there and, and waited mm. to see the lights turn off. So more incrementalism, one step closer. Yeah. Escalating it a little bit more. But, Maybe the original screen door intruder. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's just kind of weird. And a lot of these guys have this, too, where it's like an accident that they find what mm-hmm. what gets them what gets them off. Like John Wayne Gacy, his first kill was an accident. And he's like, oh, oh sh- this is great. Yeah, like, th- this is what I've been looking to do. <laughs> like, oh, so that's kind of what happened here is that it, he wanted a, a lifeless body. So after Jerry realized that this is what he had been looking for the whole time, which, like we said, is just basically like a human doll. He started to fantasize about new stuff, and now he started to fantasize about having a huge freezer full of dead women that he could just take out and do whatever he wanted with and then just put them back in whenever. And Yikes. Just a, a rotating cycle of basically human dolls that he could do whatever he wanted with. We didn't have any sex dolls back then, so... I was actually thinking about that. version of sex dolls. 
What's that? He wanted his own real life yeah. version. Like maybe that's all he needed, right? I was actually thinking about that. Like, if that would, if one of those would curb somebody that had these type of fantasies. Right. What's the difference, right? I mean, I would assume. Well, there's probably, I mean. Unless you're really getting off on actually killing them. Like, the process of doing that. Yeah. Which I would assume has a big part in it. But I wonder if that would, like, curb. Right. Plus, there's that degree. whole foot shoe part of this thing that's interesting. Yeah. Would the sh- would the would the doll satisfy that shoe fetish part? I mean, you could put some shoes on it, right? Yeah, but uh, but does it? I, I I've never seen a sex doll in person. Does the sh- the foot? I don't believe look, that for a second. Uh, <laughs> does the foot look like a human foot? They look like real people. Yeah. They look like real people now. How do you clean the sex dolls once you ejaculate inside them? I guess is my question. I don't know. Well, Dave, as I said, I've never seen one, so I would not know. (laughs) He thinks he does protest too much. (laughs) Is it not just a blow-up balloon? Like, I thought I just saw what the fuck they were. No, they're called, what are they called? Um, Like the real doll. Yeah, real doll. The real doll. They're called real doll. How much do those things fucking cost? Like thousands of dollars. A couple, five, ten grand. Let me guess, you've never seen one up close. We get it. (laughs) No, but now I want to. I wish I would have. Google it. Google break it. Well, that's it's not going to help me Type in real doll. Could you experts fucking over here? There's that. I just remember listening to Howard Stern. He had the real yeah. doll conversations over the years, and the guy brought the real dolls in. How do you clean it, though? I don't know. I actually just saw something. I can't tell them. if this is a real doll or like a, a, a 3D like graphic image. Let me see it. No, that's one. God damn. <laughs> oh, boy. That... That doesn't look like an act. Like the photo looks like you it's wanna, a fake image. Hmm. Are you saying you want to fuck the real doll? <laughs> I'm just saying these are a lot different than what I expected. I only knew of blow up dolls. I did not know all of that existed. Yeah. Does she talk? I don't know. I, we'll have to look that up. <laughs> yeah. Now you can't ever say you've never seen one before. Dave's like, does she talk? Hopefully not. <laughs> Was there a deaf mute model? <laughs> yeah. It'd be interesting if that would curb it, though, to some degree. Because, yeah, I mean, now that I see what they look like, you put shoes on them or yeah. whatever. I saw that there were... Um, I'm going to go ahead and say it won't. I saw that there was something about child molesters because they were making real dolls that were children mm. ones. And there was just laws put down on those that you can't... They can't sell those anymore. Really? Ship them, yeah. For, like child porn reasons because you're basically selling a model of a good story years ago i was i needed a halloween costume (laughs) oh boy and i i wanted to go as a priest but Mm -hmm. i wanted a little boy bent over in front of me in in my priest costume so i had my wife trying to find me a little kid doll and she called you know like the porn shops they're like no no we don't sell any shit like that (laughs) fuck off she got scolded So I just made like one of those Halloween straw stuffed uh, little boys and I bent him over in front of me, tied him around my waist and I was, I was a priest with a little boy bent over in front of me. We'll be right back. We like to drink beer, a lot of it. After a long night of drinking and talking crime and conspiracies, there's nothing that wakes us up and gets us ready to start the day better than just brew coffee. With a great selection of roast levels to choose from, you're guaranteed to find one that suits your style. Small batch roasted to highlight the unique features of each coffee bean. Just Brew Coffee caters to both casual and hardcore coffee drinkers alike. 
Since 2010, Just Brew Coffee has worked tirelessly to perfect the roasting process and technique, which has resulted in seriously delicious, always flavorful, and never bitter tasting coffee. If you're already drinking JBC, raise your mug. If you're not, raise your standards. Check them out in social media and remember, they roast, you just brew. Check out their new online store at youjustbrew.com and up your coffee game today. Use code NECRO15 to receive 15% off your order of two pounds or more. On January 26, 1968, 19-year-old Linda Slauson showed up in Jerry's neighborhood to sell encyclopedias. Jerry saw her going door-to-door while she was outside in the front yard, uh, and he waved her over. What it sounded like was that she had an appointment an appointment with someone in that neighborhood and couldn't read the address that was written so she was confused walking around and then jerry waved her over when she started talking he acted like he knew exactly like oh yeah i'm the guy that was supposed oh, to man. buy the wow. encyclopedias that played right into his hands yeah would you ever let your daughter sell anything door to door ever different times but no no no, no. I don't but it was different times yeah i mean i could i couldn't put myself in that that situation but of course not no at least not with me present when this girl was 19 still it would still make me nervous well yeah yeah but at this time no one even knew what a serial killer was because it wasn't invented yeah but still i mean violent crime levels were a lot higher back then than they are now yeah even if people didn't have a yeah but you said it earlier they didn't care about women back then your exact words (laughs) <laughs> well, I, those are not your exact words. You said police did not put as much uh, stock in what women said and did I, not take I it as seriously. I completely stand by that statement. I, and I'm I'm not disputing that. I'm just trying to start shit. <laughs> I'm a feminist, ladies. Don't hate on me. <laughs> Tell us more about Arby's, Dave. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> women like to joke about vaginas as much as I do. Doesn't make me not a feminist. He's not lying. Jerry told her to come into his basement to talk about the details on buying the encyclopedias from her because his mother was watching the kids in the in the house and they were taking a nap, so he didn't want to to wake up the kids. <laughs> yeah, my my checkbook. It's uh, it's in the basement. Yeah, it's in the basement. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Once they were in the basement, Jerry came up behind her. And hit her as hard as he could in the back of the head with a two-by-four. And then he killed her by strangling her. And this is crazy because this is... So com- this is his first kill. This is his first kill. And it's crazy because it's complete opp- it's complete opportunity. He wasn't prepared for this at all. And was bold enough to do it while his mother and his kids were... And anyone could have seen this girl going into his house. Right. It's zero yeah. thought put it into It was just impulse. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, it is... I mean... It, He's in the basement. His mother's in the house. This is his first kill. Yeah, and like I said, it's complete opportunity. He was not prepared for this at mm-hmm. all. So he hit her body under the staircase and then went upstairs to tell his... He told his mom to take the kids out for lunch. Just call me like, hey, take the kids out for lunch. You know, I got something going on. Like, how can you suppress the adrenaline? Again, I, mean, I know we always talk about this, but trying to put yourself in this situation. Like, you just murdered someone in the basement. How do you suppress the adrenaline? What I assume is the adrenaline level and go and calmly talk to your mother about taking your kids out for lunch. Right. It's just unbelievable. I think part of it, and we'll see later with Jerry, is that like getting getting one over on somebody is part of the whole process. 
You know what I mean? Like being able to do that and then walk in and and no one know what you're what you just did. He is, likes that is part of the well, thrill and, of and the maybe whole. that goes to that arrogance too. That's yeah. this is the early stages of that arrogance. Well, they don't know what I did and yeah. You know, no they're one's not, ever going to know. They're not going to figure this out. I yeah. did so well at keeping this secret. Right. right. This is, or at least this is where that confidence starts to build because they don't catch on to it. Yeah. Well, think about the confidence they had up until this point to just go out in broad daylight That's and choke right. out a woman and steal her shoes. And nothing happens. So he's like, we're, we're going to take this up a notch. Yeah. And then he broke into the house and raped the unconscious. And he, again, didn't get caught. Yeah. Well, you know. So after Jerry uh, got his mother out of the house, he heard someone else come into the house. He's down in the basement, so he heard footsteps. And it was Jerry's friend Ned who had a key to the house and stopped by to see if Jerry wanted to hang out. (laughs) Ned Flanders. (laughs) Howdy, neighbor. (laughs) Ned showing up. (laughs) Come on, fucking Ned. Because it would be a worse time for you just to show up. Also, even if you have a key to someone's house, who just shows up and uses it? That's a great point. Yeah. To actually unlock the door. Like, I'm just going to come in. over unannounced to your house, just open the door and come in and be like, hey, you want to hang out? I mean, if you just walked You're in like, the house. Motherfucker, like, text me first. <laughs> Back you, then, you would have been like, call me. Yeah. You know, whatever those rolly phones were back then. A rotary phone? The, yeah. Did you say the rolly phones? Well, right. I knew they were called rotary phones, but I was saying the roller, the rolly uh, little gimmick that you did to dial. I don't know, Dave. Those were before my time. <laughs> I was not alive for those phones. <laughs> My grandma had one when I was little. I remember it. Yeah. I remember calling. Well, of course she oh, was before. I had time. one when I was little too, Ian. <laughs> he had one of those phones that was against the wall where you had to hold a little thing <laughs> You can't dial out. People just call you. Like, there's no buttons on it or anything. I don't know how those work. Like Garfield 12323. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. Operator? Remember 1 800? Give me the police, please. <laughs> remember 1 800 Collect? Yeah, we all that long distance collect calls. It all used to be a big thing, and yeah. now it's absolutely not anything. You, I used to call people from like a pay phone with one eight hundred collect, and in your message where you tell them who they are, you say everything really quick that you oh, need yeah, to say, exactly. and then yeah. just hang up, and it goes to them for free. Yeah, like hey, I'm stuck at the mall. I need you to come pick me up. Click. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how we fuck the system. You know, this guy's stealing shoes and killing people. <laughs> Get us back, Ian. Get us back. So, so Jerry went up and talked to Ned for a bit. He said it was like like five or ten minutes. And then Jerry, this is a really wild, wild excuse. He told Ned that he was down in the basement making nitroglycerin and had to get back to it and focus on what he was doing. I'm wondering if that's like a normal thing for Ned to hear. Like, oh, yeah, just... Jerry's making nitroglycerin down the like, basement. Well, I'm going to get the fuck out of the house before it blows up. <laughs> oh, well, I'll let you go. I'm going to go back home, see Barb, but let me know if you want to get together for dinner. <laughs> Bye, Jerry. Bye, Ned. <laughs> nitroglycerin. <laughs> so when Ned, when Ned left, Jerry went back down and brought out Linda's body. And he said, too, about this, that it wasn't, it wasn't adrenaline running. Like, he wasn't... Uh, like freaked out or anything he said he almost just felt excited like to get back to something like get back to playing with a toy or something mm. you know like if you buy something you're like oh fuck i want to go home and, and try that out that's what he said like his feeling was is like i just want to get back down there and and play with this body yeah. mm. so he stripped her naked and then dressed her up in a bra and underwear from his stolen uh underwear collection 
And because this was just a complete crime of opportunity, Jerry didn't have a camera to take pictures of her. So instead, he sawed off one of her feet and kept it in the freezer. And then every once in a while, he would bring out her foot and put some of his favorite shoes on it. Man, do you think she ever got cold feet? Damn. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That was just not a good joke. That wasn't even that funny. (laughs) So Jerry took her. You guys like feet? I like feet. All right. Like sucking on women's toes? Nah, I don't it's not a don't fetish for me. Like I'm not I'm not into it, but I'm not against it. Yeah, I, I get, I'm just okay with it. Yeah, I get the foot thing. It's all right. But again, I don't think this is feet. This is shoes. Yeah, right? This is shoes. The sh- which is the weird. Foot, which the is foot's weird. the mechanism to show off to show off the, off the shoe. shoe. And that's what's weird for me. Like I if you're in the feet, you're in the feet. It's a body part. Yeah. Everyone's into something different on a, on a person's body. I get that. The shoe one's a little bit different for me, and I'm not judging it, but it's... Well, I'm judging you if you're cutting off people's motherfucking feet to show it off, but the shoe fetish is weird to me because you would think the be- the, the good part's the feet. Right. So I don't know. I, I just can't wrap my head around uh-huh. getting off on the shoe. Yeah, it's the physical shoe. Yeah. The physical even, shoe, yeah. yeah. You would think it would be the feet that he would be attracted to. Yeah. And, yeah. Do you guys like the perineum? Ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> you guys are full of the jokes. What's the perineum? That I'm the taint, dude. The taint. Ain't nothing the wrong with that. Oh, that joke went over my head. Anyway, like, we can move much on. Much like shot A. <laughs> Do you guys remember that YouTube kid that went viral a couple years ago with the video where he kept saying shoes, bitch, over and over again? No. You don't no. remember that kid? That sounds that's, horrible. That's all I thought of. Shoes, bitch. <laughs> yeah, he, he said, said it in like this real uh, like kind of feminine accent. You never saw that kid? No. That's all I thought of the whole time, re- re- typing out about shoes over and over again. <laughs> this kid saying shoes, bitch, all the time. I don't think I ever want to see that. <laughs> it sounds pretty funny. It is funny. <laughs> Jerry took her body to to a bridge and pulled over and jacked up his car to look like he was fixing a flat tire. And then he just he threw her body into the water below. And with all these bodies, he would take um, a piece of a car, the transmission of a car and use that to weigh down their bodies. Hmm. So after her foot started to decay too much for him to use it anymore, he threw that over to the same bridge and her remains were never found. So what do you think it was like the last time he he used her foot? Like he took it out, he's modeling a nice stiletto on it. It's like, well, little pieces are falling off. Yeah, there's like maggots have, on this. Like you have an time. internal debate whether it's time to get rid of it or not. Like it's really not that sex anymore. He's but. like, I really don't have time to go out and get another foot. I'll just use it this one last time. He splooges on it, and then he's like, all right, tomorrow puts on his grocery list like foot. <laughs> That's like Kemper with the heads. He kept those two girls' heads for a while. Yeah, he kept those well past due date, didn't he? Yeah, he kept those for like two weeks. I mean, there's a shelf life on this stuff. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. That's what I think about, like, like, even seconds after they're dead, I'd be like, oh, they're just, now they're decaying. You know, like, I don't, I don't know, that's just, I couldn't do it. No. I also couldn't kill someone. (laughs) I also couldn't kill someone. That's where we're going on a different path there. (laughs) No, I'm just going to leave it at that. Did you mean seconds after they decay or seconds after you finish in their decaying body? No, I would mean seconds after you see a dead body, you're thinking like, oh, this is this is no longer fresh. Okay. But I like to think I'm a rational human being, so I would not be in this situation to begin with. 
Very true. So after this murder, Jerry and his family moved back to Salem, Oregon. And it seems that Jerry picked out the house that they bought because it had a large garage space and the fact that there was a breezeway in between uh, the garage and the house. So first, Jerry put a huge lock on the garage door, and then he installed an intercom system from the garage to the house and told Darcy, his wife, that uh, she was only to communicate with him through the intercom system while he's in the garage. I have that at home in my office. I don't think that's that weird. An intercom system? Yeah. Like, my wife has to buzz me through intercom request access to my office. She has to request permission to come in. No, she doesn't. <laughs> I was going to yes, say, that's a, I was gonna say, that doesn't sound right. She has a script she has to go to. It's like, uh, Master of My Womb, Moon of My Stars, grant me entry to your inner sanctum, pretty pleased with bourbon on top, and then, then I buzz her in. What's <laughs> that first part from Game of Thrones? <laughs> Moon of My Stars. <laughs> Guess you had to watch Game of Thrones to get that one. Master of my womb, moon of my stars. That's what she has to say. Master of my womb. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the, the Game of Thrones. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> my face hurts. <sighs> All I'm saying is I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> So Jerry's excuse for this this whole intercom thing was that he set up a dark room to develop pictures, but Jerry was never taking any pictures to develop. So strangely, Darcy just went along with this and, and didn't question any of it. Jerry also kept Darcy out of the attic by telling her that there were a bunch of rats up there, and that's where he kept his collection of women's underwear and shoes. But that's weird too, because when you think like Darcy, be like, hey, why don't we uh get the rats out of the attic like why don't we fix that (laughs) just she just it's weird we'll see throughout this that she just kind of turns a blind eye to everything yeah well and i'm gonna it's also i'm wondering if it's part like back in an era where like the man of the house is the man of the house and if he's saying like this section this is what it is don't worry about it and she's just like all right and i was just not like worrying she's about afraid it. to question at all yeah like he's just saying that's what he says so we're just i'm gonna focus on the kids and we're just gonna listen to whatever dad says yeah look here see i'm the man you're the wife you don't go up in the attic see you don't <laughs> go in the garage you call before your mom he's shaking a rolled up newspaper at her he's got his sleeves rolled up you have sex with me on tuesdays and thursdays 9 p.m that's it see I like how your husband voice is the same as your detective voice <laughs> from earlier this episode. That's my 1930s voice. Isn't that how everyone talks? No, now we're in the late 60s. Oh, uh, you're right. <laughs> detective Dave is also 1960s uh, misogynistic Dave. Ain't no dames going to make decisions in this household, see? <laughs> So Jerry then even started to tell Darcy that when she was out with her friends that she had to call before she came home. (laughs) And this goes to what you were just saying, because he would always joke with her every time she called. Because she was kind of like, what the fuck? Like, why do you always want? And he would always say, I have to kick the blonde out first before you get home. (laughs) That's not suspicious at all, this guy. Yeah. That's like an Ed Gein type joke. Yeah, he's got the bits there. Yeah. Oh, she's hanging in the shed. Yeah. I killed her. <laughs> so things even continued to get more bizarre between Jerry and Darcy. One night, Darcy made a comment that Jerry had had gained some weight. And 
Jerry got up and left the room and came back wearing full women's lingerie and like I think I don't know if you said it while we were recording up like the 16 high 16 size uh, high heels <laughs> and just silently stared at Darcy for like a good like 10 seconds didn't say a word just stared at her and then asked him if that made her made him look slimmer and then just turned around walked out of the room came back dressed what he was wearing before and didn't say a word, acted like nothing ever happened, and she never said a word about it. This is the best part of the whole story. It literally, I want to do this. It's my this favorite part of the whole story. <laughs> for Halloween, look can, slimmer. For Halloween, can we all go as Jerry Brudos, just as a just called by your wife? You're looking fat, dressed in lingerie, man, and we'll just walk around the neighborhood in high heels and lingerie. How do you like me now? Yeah, and then just never acknowledge that we ever did it. <laughs> but think about for that that like we were saying that time period, like man of the house thing. Like how fucking bizarre and weird would yeah. that be to be Darcy to have? Oh my god! This, right, this huge over six foot tall guy over two hundred pounds come walking out in high heels and shit. First, she would, she would probably be like, "Where the fuck did you get those huge ass high heels?" <laughs> no question asked though. I know. No, no one question. said a word. Right, he just stared at her, and yeah. then she never said anything about it. So Asked, weird. Does this make me look slimmer? And then just leaves. <laughs> so 10 months after his first murder, Jerry would commit another crime of opportunity on 23-year-old Jan Whitney. On November 26, 1968, Jan's car broke down while she was driving home. Two young guys were walking by and they uh, they stopped to help her out. And when Jerry was driving by, he, he decided to stop. Jerry told them that he could easily fix the problem, but he needed to go home to get, uh, go home first to get his shoes or <laughs> shoes. <laughs> go, mechanic shoes on. Go home first to get his tools. So Jerry took the two guys and Jan in his car, and that's that's like a security thing. Like I'll take the guys with me, you know. Yeah. And then they happened to be on the way home, so he dropped those guys off first, and she was already at ease. Yeah. And when they got back to his house, he told Jan that they had to wait until his wife got home because he didn't have the key to his house. Which is flag one. Yeah, well, the whole thing. It's ridiculous. After some small talk, and she's sitting in the back seat this whole time, too. So after some small talk, Jerry got into the back seat with her and asked her if she wanted to play a game. Jerry told asked her to close her eyes and then asked her to describe tying a shoelace without using her hands. When she did, Jerry took a leather strap and strangled her. But before she was fully dead, Jerry raped her in broad daylight in his driveway. And then when she was finally dead, Jerry took her into the garage. And like his first victim, dressed her in lingerie from his collection. But this time he had a camera ready to take pictures. Mm. This guy is just a bold motherfucker, man. Yeah. Broad daylight in his driveway of his house. Yeah. Hmm. When he got when he was done taking pictures of her, he had sex with her corpse, and then he hung her from a hook in his garage. Jerry kept Jan's corpse for five days, and every day he would come home from work and do the same as before, dress her up, have sex with her corpse. And like he kept Linda Swanson or Linda Swanson's foot, Jerry kept a trophy from Jan too. He cut off one of her breasts and filled it with sawdust, mounted it to a board like someone would mount like the head of a deer or, or a fish or something. <clears throat> like a trophy. Yeah. Put it up on his wall. Yep. 
So what does that girl smell like on day five? I mean, come on. Yeah. He doesn't have like a full freezer or anything. Yeah. She's just hanging from a hook in a garage and he's... Yeah. Jesus. That, that's what I... I don't get it's that. It's unbelievable. I would start thinking about that from the second that she died. Like, oh, now this is just a decaying body. I mean, but on and day five, five you can have sex with this decaying nope. corpse. I mean, that's... Well, not to sound like super, like getting the crazy details, but when you strangle somebody, everything empties out. Mm-hmm. Bowels, everything empties as soon as they die. So, something to think about. Yeah, just <laughs> that's why they used to. There was yeah, like, and they're hanging, so gravity's going to do its job. Well, that's old saying with from way back with public executions was don't ever go underneath the the gallows or whatever because when they hung someone just shit and piss mm. everything would just all drain out of them so you gotta think that garage probably smells fucking disgusting absolutely at that point unless he was doing a really good job of cleaning it but i'm sure he wasn't yeah again hard to imagine so with, with the and then going to even more just not wanting to accept that something was was way off with jerry darcy found the mounted breast and jerry told her that it was just an experiment that was for a novel novelty paperweight. <laughs> <laughs> like what kind of it's filled Dave, with you sawdust. Have, you have one of those on your desk? <laughs> I, do, I do not. <laughs> paperweight. No, he's got the cock version. <laughs> I, I don't, okay. It also works as, as like one of those stress reliever balls. He just squeezes it when he's stressed. <laughs> now, how fucking stupid <laughs> to say it's a paperweight. It's filled with sawdust. A paperweight. And there is some willful blindness going on. A, with, a lot uh, of this. Darcy um, Brudos. Yeah. yeah but I guess why would you ever think like you wouldn't necessarily think that your husband's doing all of this. But you would have you to think something. Though. I don't know. All clues lead up to it at this point. I mean, what? But like I'm trying to put myself in that mindset like we talked right. about earlier. You would never expect your spouse to be doing that. So you might believe what they're saying if you're finding a few of these things. Yeah. I'm I'm not giving her the benefit of the doubt. I'm just trying to put myself in her her mindset. And again, like we said, she's a woman in the late 60s where he's the man of the house and yeah. it's a time where when he says what what he says goes. I suppose that's a big Maybe part she's of it. just trying to keep the peace and keep their kids safe and that's all she's worried about and he's not bothering them, so what does she care? It's just I try to picture what i mean i don't think that he probably took really great measures to uh to preserve this this mounted breast so i'm wondering what it looks like to make you be like oh yeah that is a novel you can't say it's a paperweight i mean it's mounted to a board that's not what a fucking paperweight is number one well who are you to fucking dictate what a paperweight is there's this fucking beer can right here could be a paperweight if i say it is you put it on top of paper paper doesn't blow away it's paperweight all right fair enough that's a stretch man but to be because yes, that's the stretch of this whole story tonight that's the stretch it's just very strange Jerry continued to do with this this whole being bold thing, and he left Jan's body hanging from the hook in the garage while his family went out of town for a weekend to visit family out family that was living out of town for Thanksgiving. Wait, this is after the five days? No, yeah, this is after. Yeah. We're at five plus a long weekend. Yeah, so he well he was he 
had sex with her corpse. Yeah, so yeah, after the five after the five days, then he went out of town for sort of vacation for Thanksgiving. So and left her her body hanging by just the weird weird chance accident. While they were gone, a drunk driver veered off the road and wrecked into Jerry's garage, partly busting open the garage door. Police checked out the scene and either didn't notice or just completely ignored what you would assume would be the smell of a a rotting corpse coming out of Jerry's garage. And all the police did was leave a business card for Jerry to call when he got back in town because they didn't want to do an illegal search. Mm. Think about like nowadays, if you get caught just with the scent of... uh, Oh yeah, scent of weed. You're probable fucked. cause. Probable cause. We're going in. SWAT team. Yeah, you're fucked. Also, just what are the odds of that? Yeah, he's got that body hanging in his garage, and a drunk driver happens to crash into that garage. Right. That's crazy. And, and then the cops, of course, missed that opportunity. I, I find that I kind of. You think they're looking the other way on this? Like you, like you were just saying, Dave. We're days into this body hanging. You're gonna smell it. Now you've yeah. opened the garage at least partially. You think the cops look the other way, Ian? They think it was like a deer carcass Maybe. hanging or something. Like, that would knows? be the only thing. Yeah, who knows? But as a cop, you would not look or think. Like, There's got to be a different smell between like a road yeah. kill or like a, a, a hunting kill and a rotting corpse. Well, I don't know. I'm not a hunter. I don't know. Well, I went back and I was telling you, I went back and watched that documentary about Dahmer that it mainly focuses on the guy that showed up at his apartment and then interrogated him. Mm-hmm. He compared the scent, the smell of death from a human, different than an animal, the mm-hmm. human smell of death to coffee. He was like, you could go travel around the world. You go, go to a different country where they don't have coffee. And for like a year, you don't have it. You forget what it smells like, whatever. You come back and someone's making a pot of coffee. You're like, boom, that's coffee. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what that is. And he was like, that's what the smell of a human body is it's like mm. it hits you and as soon as it hits you you know what that smell is mm. yeah so it seems improbable yeah it seems unlikely that they would come into a half busted down garage door with a body that's been there now like eight days and not smell something it's very weird i yeah or is it just cops not wanting to do extra paperwork I, who knows yeah yeah, I mean, they might have just been like, oh, fuck, we don't want to do, you know. <laughs> so when Jerry got back in town, even to be just like further with this arrogance and, and being bold with things, instead of depo- getting rid of Jan's body before he called the police, he wrapped her in plastic and took her out to their water pump shed out back and then called the police. So he's got he's calling the police willingly to come over while he still has this body with him. <clears throat> After the police left, they Jerry went and, and dumped uh, dumped Jan's body in the same river that he had with Linda Swanson's, and her remains were never found. But this time he took the pictures again. But Darcy ended up finding these pictures, and Jerry's excuse was that he was developing pictures for a college kid that he knew. <laughs> And this, so now this is where I'm starting to look at Darcy like, come the fuck on. Exactly. This guy wasn't even like a photographer. No. Like. Not at all. He's not known for taking pictures. So. Well, the first thing is he said this is for a dark room, but he doesn't take pictures. Right. But. (laughs) 
<laughs> what does that even mean? Like now she's at that point, she maybe was like, okay, he's getting into pictures. Well, she probably hasn't noticed him taking any photos. Now yeah. he's developing photos for someone. For some college kids. Like, why college are you hanging kid. out with college kids? Mm-hmm. Right. And you, I mean, you could say that Darcy might have not noticed that these girls were dead in the pictures. You They're could still say, odd. You I, could say it, but you can't get around the fact that the pictures are taken in the exact same fucking room that she's standing in. <laughs> well, but maybe she found the pictures in the garage. Yes. It, she was she out in the garage for something. She wasn't supposed to be in there, though. Yeah. But well, she, so now she's breaking rules. Well, though. so who's the criminal here? <laughs> <laughs> Is this the I'm upskirt kidding. picture where he's in the mirror taking the picture? No. Okay. No. So she found these in the garage. Supposedly, sorry, these are that. pictures that. Because for all we know, she never saw the inside of that garage. Yeah. Because Homeboy locked that shit up real quick. Supposedly, these were pictures that were, according to her, you couldn't tell if they were dead or just posing. Hmm. Which I find that a little hard to believe. Right. But the fact that it's like, oh, I'm looking at these pictures. These are from some college kid, but they're in the same room that I'm fucking standing in right now. Like, right. That makes no sense. <laughs> so that brings us to March 27th, 1969. 23-year-old Karen Sprinkler planned on meeting her mother for lunch and then spend the rest of the day shopping with her. Just as she was about to walk into the store, Jerry popped out and blocked the doorway, pointing a gun at her. He told her that if she just did what he said, that he wouldn't hurt her, so she followed him to his car and got in. Once he got back to his house, at gunpoint, he forced her to strip and and model for photographs. Then he put a noose around her neck and slowly pulled it back until her feet weren't touching the floor. And Jerry just left her there to die while he went inside to eat lunch and watch TV. Savage. Yeah. Yeah, that one's brutal. There's a pic of her that they found at his house, too. Yeah. Of her hanging? Just her modeling. Just a really kind of bizarre picture. Yeah. That's right. We'll put that one out there because she's still alive. So it's not as bad as a corpse photo, but... Yeah, yeah, it's a it's pretty bad, creepy though. ass photo. Yeah, it's a terrible way to die. Yeah, again, Jerry did the whole mounting the breast thing, but this time, since it looked better than the first one that he attempted or that he made, he hung it above the mantle inside the house now for everyone to see. I, Darcy's still just—it's getting comical at this point. Yeah, yeah, like his latest kill, he puts up like the like the uh, the mounted picture and. Mm-hmm. Everyone just sees it. No big deal. Yep. And uh, so Jerry drove uh, her body out to a different bridge, <clears throat> a different bridge this time, and threw her over with the the whole um, the the car transmission piece to to weigh her down. So, and I know we're gonna touch on this in a little bit, but at <laughs> at what point is his wife become an accomplice? I th- like she's seeing sign after sign well, after. I think sign. we're gonna. Touch on that in a little bit, right? Yeah. Well, we are briefly, but I, yeah. okay, I'll, I'll save it. In my opinion, she already is. I mean, she saw I, these. I agree. Pho- she saw these photographs. You see now two mounted breasts that clearly aren't paperweights <clears throat> because they're not heavy. They're not. Heavy. <laughs> this guy is fucking passionate about paperweights. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Like all serial killers, the time between offenses was getting shorter and shorter. And less than a month after murdering Karen Sprinkler, Jerry would try to abduct 24-year-old Sharon Wood in a parking garage. Sharon was walking to her car on the way to meet her husband to discuss their divorce proceedings. As she was walking, she felt a tap on her shoulder, 
and turned around to see Jerry pointing a gun at her. He tried the whole just come with me and I won't hurt you thing, but Sharon screamed as loud as she could and fought back. Jerry put his hand over her mouth to try and stop her from screaming, but she bit down and wouldn't let go. And with his other hand, Jerry grabbed the back of her hair and slammed her to the ground. As they're sitting on the ground fighting, a car came driving by and Jerry got up and ran away. Good for her. Yeah, yeah. Don't get in the car. I mean, once you're in the yeah. car, you're dead. So yeah. Good for her for fighting back. And I, I picture her being in a very bad mood, having to go to discuss divorce proceedings. Oh, yeah. And she's like, fuck, <laughs> yeah, fuck right. this. Pissed off. Yeah. She's hating men. Like, yeah. she wants to punch somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Bad timing for uh, our buddy. Uh, if that ever happens to you, ladies, put your thumb in the corner of the guy's eye and scoop out their eyeball. <laughs> and then go. kick him in the dick. Well, and there's witnesses from this, too, that said that they saw a very large woman wearing uh, wearing a dress and stuff. So you could assume Jerry was out there wearing uh, women's clothes. No at this shit. Time. So, he probably wow. ro- he, so he probably rolled up on her cross-dressing and stuff and she's already in a bad mood with this divorce thing she's probably like motherfucker (laughs) get the fuck away from me (laughs) Uh, so with this one being unsuccessful the next day jerry tried to kidnap 15 year old gloria smith and this one failed as well because i mean he's doing these in broad daylight you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. these are really uh not thought out not planned no we've talked about this before but I, I bet it's interesting to have, you know, these uh, these survivors of these attacks, you know, later when all this comes out and, you know, I survived Jerry Bruto's trying to kill me kind of thing. Yeah. So it was the girl that Ted Bundy tried to kill and testified against yeah. and stuff. But it must be wild to be a survivor of these attempted, you know, killings. Yeah. Well, yeah, especially to see how close, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know how close you got to. That's right. To, to being like that. Then we go to April 23rd, 1969. Jerry found 22-year-old Linda Sally walking in a mall parking lot after buying some gifts for her boyfriend's birthday. Jerry flashed a fake police badge and told her that there had been a lot of shoplifting going on at the mall and that she fit the description of the person responsible. So Jerry said, you know, get my car, come with me. Oh, my God. When he got her back to the garage... she didn't say anything this whole time. She just went along with it. And when he got her back to the garage and, and tied her up, he then just went inside to eat dinner and left her out there. When he got back into the garage, he found that Linda had gotten out of the ropes. But instead of trying to dis- trying to escape, she was just sitting there waiting. She didn't try to, to, to get out of this situation at all. Hmm. That seems odd. Yeah. So there's a thing called that... Um, psychologists they call it frozen fright and it's basically when you just when someone in a really stressful situation like this just completely shuts down yeah but how do you manage to get out of the ropes the tied up and then you're frozen well she didn't say anything in the whole ride home according to jerry she just again this is his description this is his description yeah but that she didn't say a word or didn't try to fight or do anything so what are you saying, Dave? Are you not putting much stock in that she got out of the ropes? I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I don't know if it's 100% accurate. Yeah. How are you ever going to yeah. know? It's just odd that you would be able to get out of the ropes 
and then not just finish it by running out the door or breaking a window right. or doing whatever the fuck you could. He might just be telling tales. Who knows? Yeah. But there is a there is a thing that where the, frozen fear, right? Where you just someone just in a situation like that completely just shuts down and doesn't. Which would and that's what would be weird because they didn't just shut down here. She got out of the ropes, right? And mm. then and then shut down. So that would be that's interesting. Um. So Jerry tied her up again, and then like before, put the noose around her neck and slowly choked her to death. So and it's it was you know like the pulley on a garage door like the chain thing like yeah like that's what it was like it would just slowly ratchet up till um and then after she was finally dead he he took her down and had sex with her corpse this time jerry took this to a whole weird weird after death ritual because he was first cut off the the one girl's foot then he made the the um mounted the two uh breasts but this time he put hypodermic needles into both sides of Linda's rib cage and then connected them to a battery and started to shock her body. And he said that he wanted to see if he could make her corpse, quote, jump like a frog in a skillet. That's a direct quote from him. This guy's an electrician. Yeah. <laughs> what, what kind of bullshit is this? <laughs> so this failed because he didn't have enough electricity to, to do anything, to make her body do. I don't even know if that would really do anything anyways, but. He took the whole neighborhood grid down. What do you mean he didn't have enough electricity? <laughs> so it didn't work the way that he envisioned it, and he took her body to the to the same bridge as before and, and threw it into the water. That's a wacky little subtext. Yeah, man. it's just strange. Really strange. But it, it's important to note that there, there was a police um, task force set up around this time that were working really hard to, to find these missing girls. It wasn't like like the police from before that kind of turned a blind eye to that, that gr- whole garage door thing, but they didn't have many leads to go on. It was just like these girls just vanished into thin air. They caught a break when Linda Sally's body was found floating in the river because Jerry didn't tire uh, good enough to the car transmission. He used to sink her body. So what the police found was that whoever did this was likely an electrician because they used knots that were only used by electricians to tie the wire to her. Not smart. Yeah. Chair. So that's their their first. (laughs) Not smart. (laughs) Come on, you didn't get that? Yeah, yeah, I got. No, I wasn't thinking that. (laughs) That's pretty good, though. That was the best thing you said all night. (laughs) That's <laughs> probably the only good thing you said all night, really. I don't know that Jeez. game. Damn. That's not a very nice thing to say. That, what is the moon of my stars? or How, how does she say it? No one likes Game of Thrones. <laughs> Master of my funny. womb, moon yeah. of my stars. Yeah, moon of my stars. Ha ha ha, so funny. Everyone's laughing. Just because you have never watched the greatest show on history television. Some of us That's can't afford HBO, problem. so thanks for making rich people hey, jokes. I have, I have all the seasons upstairs. You can borrow them. Torrents and all that. No, I've actually paid for them. <laughs> I have them up in my living room. Maybe Sunday instead of watching a bunch of jackass hillbillies drive around in left hand circles for they don't five race hours. at ten o'clock at night on Sunday. So Ro- that roast. has nothing to do with it. That's an illegal statement. Ro- Technical foul. Roast mode over here. <laughs> Technical foul. Oh my god, it's so exciting. These guys are driving cars around in a circle. He's mad that making he didn't, left turns. He's mad. So he excited. He didn't get his own not joke. <laughs> 
Oh, oh they're pulling off to get some gas and new tires. Yeah. yeah, it's real life. <laughs> it's not worshiping, real. not worshiping stars and moons. <laughs> oh my God, they're passing. That's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Jerry continued to get more arrogant and more bold with stuff, and he actually wanted to start interacting with women, not just. Uh, just coming up from behind them and, and choking them or, or whatever. So he started to hang around college campuses to try and find a date. And when that didn't work, he started calling random dorm rooms and just asking randomly for women's names, just like throwing out names, you know, just to see if someone was like, oh, yeah, that's me. You know, it's Susie. I mean, Beth. <laughs> I mean, Hello, yes. Jerome calling for Betty Lou. <laughs> Um, I mean, Betty Jane. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, I mean, Mary. Uh, <laughs> Mary. Is Connie there? <laughs> so weird. Is Betty Jane Rotten Crotch available? It's Jerome. <laughs> this whole story is absolutely ridiculous. It's very, very strange. So Jerry was successful in doing this three times. And every time he told the girls that he was a Vietnam vet with ESP, like that's how he knew to uh, that 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 person was going to be on the other line. That he he's had a little ESP. old, right? To be thirties, uh, right? Thirties. Well, it was point. what nineteen sixty nine, so he mm-hmm. was thirty so was like, as Vietnam was going on. So you could have been, but I mean, been. a little old to be calling college dorms looking for college girls, no. Or do they like the uh, older older guy thing? Well, I think he just liked that those that age of feet and in in his heels. I think he liked those. He didn't like the girls. It was the, the shoes, right? I think he liked the look of those. No, I don't mean him. I mean the girls. Like, why is this thirty year old guy calling our dorm trying to get dates with nineteen year old ladies? Um, well. But maybe he played it off like he was the young vet. Like you know, he's back yeah, from war. He's a hero. The whole thing is just really. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And Jerry was actually successful getting a few dates this way. And when he got out with these girls, he would start doing this whole thing where he would, because it was like common knowledge at this point that, that girls in this age range were, had gone missing. So he would bring it up and then hypothetically start talking like, well, if I was the guy that killed these girls, I would do this. Like just being a complete Uh, smart fucking creep. It's a good way to put girls at ease on yeah. your first date. Sure. Well, I think he was getting off on this whole, like, talking about what he did without people knowing it was him that did it, you know. Mm-hmm. So during one of these dates, Jerry talked about sexual assault that had to do with one of the victims. And it creeped the girl out enough that she went home and immediately called the police. <laughs> this guy has zero game. <laughs> Was his goal to get laid or to kill them? I mean, I think it's a mixture of potentially kill him and mm. then brag up what he's done without yeah. people knowing that it was him that actually did it, you know? Because he's a talker. He loves to talk about himself and what he did. Yep. The police had evidence when they found Linda Sally's body that she had been sexually assaulted. But they kept that out of the newspapers. So when this girl calls and she's like, yeah, this guy's talking about hypothetically, like if he did it or whatever, and then brings up this sexual assault, they're like, they had a suspect then at that yeah. point. So I got himself in trouble. Yeah. So the police told the girl that um, 
to contact them immediately if ever if Jerry ever called her again. In about a week, Jerry called her wanting to meet up and said that he was in the neighborhood so they could meet up in about 15 minutes. She told him that she would come hang out with him, but it would take her about an hour to get ready. And when she hung up with him, she called the police immediately. And in an hour when Jerry showed up, the police were waiting for him. And I didn't put it in the outline, but when, when Jerry showed up, the police were waiting for him. They approached him and they were like, oh, you know, what are you doing? Whatever. And he was like, oh, I'm just uh, trying to kill time here, you know, in the in the lobby, whatever. He lied to them. He didn't mm. say like, oh, I'm meeting this girl. He was, you know, said he was doing something else. So right off the bat, he lied and they knew yeah, yeah. damn well that why he was there, you know. So but Jerry just being being Jerry, he, he gave the police his home address, told them where he worked he didn't hold back talking to them at all. And the police were able to pinpoint down that between Jerry's where he lived and where he worked was in close proximity to where all these girls had gone missing. The body washed up and the neighborhood where the first victim who was selling the encyclopedias went missing. And later on, after more serial killers would get caught and stuff and the FBI would profile, they it's generally like these guys work in a just like a small circle radius of where they live. You know, it always tends to be like this circle pattern around where they live. And Jerry's Jerry stuff fit this bill. But at this point, all of this evidence is circumstantial. You know, they don't have, there's nothing concrete to go on with this. Right. Hmm. But being uh, like the, the most extreme level of arrogance yet, Jerry allowed the police to search his garage and there they found wire tied in the same knots as the ones that were tied to Linda Sally. And while Jerry was talking it up with one of the police officers, another one slipped a piece of that wire into his pocket. The police were also suspicious of how much nylon rope was in the garage. And Jerry actually suggested that the police take a piece of it with them. And he cut it off himself and gave it to them. I don't know. That's, that's a great idea. So <laughs> is his thought just like if I play it cool, they're just going to not think anything of it? I think it's the arrogance aspect of it. Like, look but, how smart I am and I'm getting this over on everybody. Okay. Like, Or does he want to get caught? I don't... Maybe. Why is providing evidence? Should that be viewed as being smart? Like, I could get away with anything at this point. Well, like my thought yes. was like, oh, take whatever you need. I'm clearly innocent. Like you can check everything. It's no big deal. That was my thought. Yeah. But clearly you're going more arrogant. It, like, yeah, take it. I'm I'm you're you're not going to outsmart me. Yeah. And and you're just thinking like he might want to get caught. Hmm. Got three different mindsets here going into the finale. <laughs> What's well, like, uh, I don't like Ted Bundy. I can't remember if it was one of the police officers or someone who interviewed him, but how smart he was acting. And the whole time the FBI guy's like, well, but you're the one sitting in jail and I'm not, you know, so how smart <laughs> right. are you really? Right. You know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think the, the smartness is, is, a, is at least a somewhat part of it, you know, thinking how, how slick they are or whatever. But so they were able to match the wire and the rope to to what tied down Linda Sally. And then the 15 year old girl that Jerry tried to abduct a month earlier was able to positive positively identify him. And so with this, they had enough uh, enough evidence to arrest him. And just after a few hours in in custody, Jerry confessed to everything. (laughs) He sung like a bird. (laughs) 
And then it's like, which Kemp- goes to your point, Dave. Maybe he wanted to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they, it was said that he um, that he just wanted to talk about it. It wasn't like I feel guilty. He just wanted yeah, everybody right. to know. He had this pent up for so many years. Yeah. Fucking Darcy wasn't bringing it up to him at the dinner table. Yeah. Over <laughs> Salisbury steaks and mashed potatoes or whatever. Like how Kemper played himself out to be like this weird, like sympathetic person like a hero in all of his stories jerry just wanted to make sure everybody knew exactly what he did and and how evil of a person he was Hmm. jerry called darcy from jail and told her about his collection of women's underwear and the photographs and asked her to burn them she burned some of them and at the point of turning the blind eye this is what we were talking earlier i mean Mm -hmm. this this is like and you're an accomplice at this point you're burning things that he's telling you from jail right Right. uh the police were able to recover some of the photographs and in one particular one jerry put a mirror under the skirt of one of the victims while she was hanging from the noose and in the reflection of the mirror was jerry's face which is creepy as fuck very creepy I haven't been able to find that picture, but they they portrayed it on Mindhunter, and it was it was pretty creepy. Yeah. So with that, that was enough evidence to put Jerry away for the rest of his life. And the police charged Darcy as an accessory to Jerry's crimes, but she was found not guilty. Why? The jury just found her not guilty. It said they deliberated for seven hours, I believe. It's not even that long of a time, I don't think. I I saw that in reading more, there's um, a big part of that case was that one of their neighbors had said they saw her helping Jerry carry a body out of the garage. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. So, but even like like the burning of the the evidence, the burning of the evidence, that should at least be something. Yeah. But again, is that coming from his words? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Like, so if it's coming, so we don't know what was said in the trial. True. But I mean, at some point, you can turn a blind eye to this. I just don't disagree for a, so long before it's like you know, right? So Jerry wasn't well liked by fellow inmates. He was raped in prison about six months into his sentence. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> Jeez, well yeah. he's a piece of shit. Jerry he filed numerous appeals and came up for parole in 1995, but everything failed, and he died in prison on March 28th, 2006, from liver cancer. And at that time of his death, he was the longest incarcerated in, inmate in Oregon and had served 37 years. So that's he's like the OG, the first one. Not the first guy. one ever, but the first one before they, like right before they coined the term. Hmm. Interesting. That whole yeah. serial killer term thing is, is fascinating. I didn't yeah. realize that that was like a uh, 70s uh, gimmick they came up with. There's mm-hmm. a couple good books by those FBI guys, Robert Ressler and I can't remember the other guy's name. Yeah, Douglas, Robert, something Douglas. Yeah, that's Ro- the, is that are those the guys from the show? What's the show? It's the the, com, the composites on the show are based on them, but yeah, they were the yeah. the FBI profilers. But I, what is the show called? Mind Hunter. Mind Hunters. Yeah, yeah. Robert Dressler just had a new book come out. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it sounds interesting. I can't remember the name of it, but it sounds interesting. There's yeah. a great scene in mind. Did we talk about this earlier? I don't think so. A, a scene in Mindhunter where they they come to interview. Jerry and they bring him a size 16 wide uh, um, black heels and he just looks at him goes over and sits in the other side of the room starts uh, jerking off in the room the FBI <laughs> agents he's so excited yeah he yeah. loved them <laughs> 16 heels that seems awfully big 16 wide what does that mean they're wide yeah wide but 16 feet. also big right so yeah. he could put them on though yeah oh I see yeah 
So he, did he put them on and he, then start? He was just looking at them. Yeah. Okay. Splooging. Doing yeah. his thing. And they let him get their shoe catalogs. Shoe catalogs. Was his porn in prison? We'll yeah. talk about that a little bit because you know, we didn't say that. What well, was he getting in prison? The shoe catalogs. They allowed him to get that, like yeah. like from fucking J.C. shoe catalogs and Coles, and like yeah. he's just like jerking off these women wearing heels. And yeah, I think the FBI guys gave those. That was part of the deal for him mm. to talk. He'll talk and yeah, give him some fucking give him a shoe porn <laughs> porn. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's an interesting one. I think it's one of the the mo- one of the. I, Probably the most laid out escalation of any oh, of these guys. Oh, absolutely. You know, oh, hell yeah. I mean, that was a thorough story. Yeah, step by step, you can watch it happen. Right. I mean, there's most of these guys, you're like, oh, yeah, there's, you know, you can see a, a pattern. Mm-hmm. But this one is just like, boom, like five years old, this happens. Yeah. And it just goes. What else goes. can I get away with? What else can I get away with? Let me take it up a notch. Yeah. Yep. The f- what is his name? The shoe fetish? Slayer. The lust killer the l- and the shoe fetish. The shoe fetish slayer. slayer. Yeah. Jerry Brudos, the shoe fetish slayer, the killer lust. The killer lust. The killer lust. That's what it says on this picture. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Well, that was something. Ian, you got anything else on uh, Jerry Brudos for us? Any fun facts? Any tidbits? Did we cover it all? No, I think we covered everything. Dave, you got anything else on Jerry Brudos? No, sir. What shout outs we got today? So for iTunes, I've got T Heath 74 and Kelsey Marie. And then Christina on Instagram sent us over a message asking about uh, Patreon. So we are, uh, we're working on it. And if anybody has any ideas or anything like that, send them our way. But it's something we're looking to, to do something with that soon. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully soon. If you're interested in that, let us know. Um, because we'd like to do it if if we think we can make it work. So hit us up if that's possible. Uh, also, uh, the iTunes reviews. What's been going on with that? I yeah, mean, they've been like shooting up like crazy. I feel like. Yeah, what like and back down <laughs> as of today. What's the story on that, Dave? I don't know. It was off the charts. It went up, went up a couple hundred, then it dropped a couple hundred. I'm thinking maybe a technical glitch. Okay. At iTunes, I'm not so they sure. might be leaving us reviews. They might not be. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it as well. Well, if you haven't yet, get on iTunes, leave us a review. We really appreciate it. Um, go or if you want to create, you know, 500 IDs in your <laughs> spare time. That would be fantastic. That's mm-hmm. fine, too. Create some accounts. Uh, leave us a uh, rating. And, and the reviews are awesome. We fucking love the reviews. When everyone sent and when anyone leaves us a good review... We screenshot it and we send it to each other and we yeah. talk about how awesome it is because it makes our uh, days how much we appreciate you guys listening to us and and getting feedback and what you guys think. That being said, if you don't want to leave a review or if you already have, shoot us a message on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook and uh, let us know what you think of the show. Make a request for future topics. Um just generally inflate our ego. We love it all. It's uh, it's fantastic. We really appreciate you guys listening. We've done a couple episodes now. The last few episodes have been uh, listener requests. So we are open to any topic. Yep. Typically what happens is we filter them. We send them to Ian. He does his little work because he he's the encyclopedia of all things uh, Necronomapod. And then we are uh, working into the schedule. So mm-hmm. let us know if you have something you want to uh, request. Um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Necronomapod. Hit us up. Um, we, we love hearing from you guys. 
and I just wanted to also say I did thoroughly enjoy the one star review that we've gotten. The only one that actually left words or a typed out response to that that said we are we sound like three three high schoolers on a school bus or something. One hundred percent accurate. So <laughs> we sound like Bravo. Three, three well, it was like three school children <laughs> yeah. on a on a on the back of the school bus. We got one fucking star. Completely agree. So, it's great. You know yeah. You know what? It's doing all right for us. <laughs> Yeah, it made me laugh. Yeah, it made all of us laugh. <laughs> so, all right, you guys ready for a cool down beer? Cheers. Yep. <laughs>